Bert, Bert, Bert. You make the ladies want to squirt, squirt, squirt. <laughs> oh, I'm a filthy human being. Uh, my name's Dougie Dilf. We got Stefan Hammer Weber. Do you still time. do you still go by Hammer? Not really. Okay. I know, like never did. I just threw it in there. <laughs> yeah, that's what got you the Knicks. And uh, we're Radio Loud. So, gotta pay homage to the late, the great. The king of the mustache, Burt Reynolds. The, the original bandit. Right. Um, Stealing ladies' hearts. I think um, one of the things that me and Stefan both really liked about Burt Reynolds was his surprise cameo in Saints Row 3. Oh, yeah. Uh, you had to pick him. It was him or zombies. You had to pick him, although now you'd, you'd have to pick You didn't zombies. really get to pick... Like, for those of you who haven't played Saints Row 3... It was the Saints Row series was one of the only series to directly contest the Grand Theft Auto formula until Grand Theft Auto Five came out and just smashed everything. Well, yeah, they also hadn't haven't come out with the Saints Row in some time. Uh, yeah, actually, they have. They came out with the um, superhero one. Yeah, that uh, agents of whatever with that fucking Johnny character from that you Johnny even... goes to hell or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in Saints Row 3, I feel like that was the one that, uh, they were all absurd, but that one was the one... I don't think the first one was super absurd, but it 3 was, was definitely absurd. Uh, actually, I heard that the original Saints Row was originally supposed to be, like, a Dave Chappelle video game, and he was supposed to, like, write for it. I have never heard that. I heard it on, you know, some of the, uh, some of the YouTube historians... Like, uh, you know, like lesser known, more recent things. But, um, three was my favorite. Three was my favorite, too. It had ATB in it. That's after the burial. That was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, what did they do in there? I feel. They said a song in there? Yeah, they had, uh, I for, I think it was, um, Cursing Akhenaten. But. Some stuff off Rare Form. Yeah, it was something off Rare Form. That was a big deal to us because. After the burial or ATB was part a, of the Midwestern yeah, trifecta. The explosion. We saw them before they became big. They were like, you know, little pissons traveling, yeah. packing five dudes in a fucking van and traveling to the, the next the state over the Twin to make no money. <laughs> but they were having a good time and yep. they got signed on Sumerian and game, became part of the the Sumerian arm bar with Velamaya and Born of Osiris. So Back to Saints Row 3 yeah. and Burt Reynolds. Uh, basically, Saints Row 3 took the Saints Row formula and then just kept ratcheting it up. So it kind of went from gang violence to government takeover kind of thing to alien invasion. And then when you just... You don't think it could get any more ridiculous. You find out... Burt Reynolds is the mayor of the city. <laughs> And it's actually Burt Reynolds playing Burt Reynolds. And I was playing a female character, and she was just so excited to meet Burt Reynolds. <laughs> it was great. I loved hey, it, dude. Burt, Burt, Burt. You make the ladies want to... <laughs> oh. What a true American gem. I, um, I didn't really know that he started his acting career because he was injured in sports. 
was like an American football player, and then he hurt his knees, so then he started taking up Plus acting. The, th- the heartthrob, America's heartthrob. Mm. Back Sports when you, star, actor. Back when you could barely af- Slayer. afford like a stainless steel shiny trailer off of a fucking football player's <laughs> salary. Now Are they're making not, like... You mean uh, yeah, you end up like Uncle Rico? <laughs> yeah, right? Back when he said I could have threw a football in the right mountains. Those mountains, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Yeah. So cheers. To cheers Bert. to Bert. Uh, so I wanted to bring up, you ever done something just so dumb and not realized you'd done it? Yeah, but can we get the Mac Miller thing out of the way too? Cause oh, that just we, happened like an yeah, hour ago. It was like an hour ago. We are going to keep that, keep it on death and you know, all this sad shit. Um, yeah. Mac Miller. I don't. I know Sean, R.I.P. Also, yeah. Listen I to mean, him, he's but... gonna see Sean in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know that much about him. But young, 26 years old. Yeah, he didn't even make it to the Doors age, man. You know. Yeah, he actually in one of his songs supposedly had a lyric about not wanting to be in the 27 Club. So, dude, I actually saw a. Um, as a fan of the Norm McDonald subreddit, um, and Norm McDonald used to famously play Burt Reynolds on um, Saturday Night Live on the Jeopardy Tur- sketch. Turd Ferguson. Turd Ferguson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not my name. <laughs> um, so on the Norm McDonald subreddit, there was like a lot of love outpouring for Burt Reynolds Bert. because everybody who knows Norm like is Likes familiar Bert, yeah. with Burt. So there was a comment on there that was like, oh, there's another one to the age of 82. It's the curse of the doors. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but you asked me if I had ever done something stupid. Yes, I've done many <clears throat> stupid things. So um, what I did this morning, I hope you got one. Uh, you want me to open with No, I'll, I'm going to open. Okay. Uh, what I did, and I didn't realize until I hopped in the shower, is I put on two pairs of underwear. Like I, I like put one on, and then put another pair thought, on in two. I thought separate your story was gonna be like I almost cut my arm off or something like that. <laughs> no, man, I'm I'm keeping this fucking relatable. But yeah, I fuck it. All right, then what the fuck do you got? Man? I almost cut my foot off in a lawnmower. What? <laughs> yeah. So it was a pu- it was a push lawnmower, and being the burgeoning mechanic. All that right. I yeah. Was, just let, let's uh. Let's suck the details out of this. Let's being draw the, it out. Yeah, being the burgeoning mechanic that I was, it was a push lawnmower, and I had, it had an oil pan. It had an oil problem, so it was like leaking oil. Now, was this like straight push lawnmower? Was it's a push it lawnmower like a, an with assist a, autoglide? A, uh, assist autoglide push oh, lawnmower. Nice. You, pu- you pull the, the lever down, it goes forward. You're like, oh, it stops. So I, there was some sort of oil issue, and it was leaking oil, so... The I like that <laughs> leaking oil. <laughs> he goes <laughs> leaking. <laughs> so I had it flipped upside down, and f- I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but I tried to start it, and I had it flipped. You upside know what? Down. Knowing you, having lived with you, and seeing some of the things you've done, it doesn't seem that yeah, out of the ordinary. Very, very <laughs> stupid thing to do. And I had my foot on it. Like you're just trying to keep it down, like yanking on it. Yeah. Like, because uh, I I had it I had it shit. I had it turned yeah I had it turned on it I had it turned on its side, 
and it was I was trying to see where this by like going through the action it was leaking it was like pushing oil out of this uh, a pin, there was a pin missing basically but it, and it wasn't going to start but it was really stupid because the the oil pin had so did it start no it okay. couldn't start because the did you just fucking like were you yanking on it and we're like oh this is dumb yep <laughs> <laughs> and i was like i stopped and i was like i could have just chopped my foot off when's the last time you mowed a lawn that's the thing. This was ages ago. Right? I haven't had an incident like I've almost chopped my own head off or anything like that for a long time. Now... But I was young. I, uh... I was... An immortal teenager. We'll put it that way. <laughs> I've, um... I've been living in a condo complex where there's, like, a groundskeeper, basically, and that's yeah. kind of what we're paying for for our monthly dues. So I haven't had to cut the grass... In a long time, and I used to live up north on a resort that had a lot of yard work to do. It wasn't like luxury or anything like that. Fucking a, I gotta stop saying like. Um, but we had six acres of grass to mow. That's like a whole day. Yeah, and or at least the afternoon. As a kid, I used to be uh, all. Not going to say it. Uh, I used to get excited after, like, fuck, <laughs> going riding go-karts, and uh, like, oh, I want to ride the tractor. I want to drive Except the tractor. Except it doesn't go fast. Yeah, it, it doesn't go fast, and my dad said to me one day, he's like, we can put some racing stripes on it, and it'd be just like the go-karts. <laughs> <laughs> and looking back at it, I'm like, man, he just tricked me into... Doing his work. <laughs> some of it. Some yeah. of it. Some of yeah. it. So, man, I had a story about... Uh, you don't have a near-death, I almost chopped my hand off story or anything like that? Not like that. No. You have to have a, a near a close call story where it was like... I, I, just... I would have to think about it because things are getting fuzzy. It's kind of funny how times like that, you know? You search your life for a... You really try to draw the water out of the well for this kind of application and it's funny how in the moment you come up with nothing but then all of a sudden just, man this fucking thing happened <laughs> i almost got my leg ripped off yeah <laughs> yeah I've, I've seen many close calls nail gun close calls with people oh, almost just i do have a nail gun story <laughs> see how things <laughs> pop up like that not a not a near death but very dangerous very dangerous very stupid and it wasn't me getting harmed i just remember it because i was the one pulling the trigger and i asked are we good are you sure <laughs> is this really what you so, want to do with your life <laughs> i don't feel it, no it wasn't something in that manner um zim woods class the one year i actually took it um and we're building like these small kind of mock-ups of something and uh, we're doing like some, like a mock birdhouse or a, like know. a mock shed or something i don't know something like that yeah. some bullshit doesn't matter all that you need to know is what we were doing was kind of i i couldn't do it with both hands i couldn't do it myself so i had to have a friend hold the thing together and it wasn't a full-size nail gun. It was just like a little kind of like tack <laughs> nail gun. I'm picturing a little tyke nail gun, but I know that's not what it is. You were, you, you were probably doing some sort of 
faux drywall type thing or something then no it was like a small piece of like weak wood that we were putting together um so he my friend is like holding this thing with his hands you know with his penis with his tentacle penis with corpse with his hands with his tongue (laughs) (laughs) he's got his fucking hands around this thing and i'm looking at him he's like are you sure that i that your shit is out of the way he's like yeah like real confidently, he's like, "Are you sure?" It's like, "Yep." Fucking pull the thing. He's like, "Ah!" It fucking shoots a nail right into like the side of his finger. It went through his the flesh of the outside of his finger, so it wasn't that bad. But it hurt. Yeah, I bet it fucking hurt. Serves that dumbass well. And I felt bad, and I shouldn't, but I felt bad because I was the one who pulled the trigger. <laughs> I'm like the. Uh, I'm like. Uh, the cop from Family Matters and Die Hard could never bring myself to wield a nail gun again. They <laughs> shot my friend. Oh. Tales from the well of stupidity. Yeah, I never I never was directly associated with the nail gun story, but I'd I'd seen guys doing the the construction stuff. It's just like You got so lucky right there. Or somebody accidentally firing it off when they pick it up or something stupid like that just dumb stuff (sighs) so what do we got for our first news story oh yeah uh, we have to add that the human centipede story from last week came out to be false it's traveling around through social media and uh fake news yep Buzz it. Sorry. We'll work on trying to keep our I don't even feel like we really have to work that hard for it. Like, that one... But put a little effort into it. Uh, Fact fact checking or trying to keep our sources fresh. It's not hard. Yeah. Especially that we're... just so juicy. I know. I couldn't believe that that actually had happened. And And it didn't. (laughs) It's it's too bad to be true, you know? It's too disgusting. So uh, what's our what's our first what's our first story from the uh, the frying pan this week? <laughs> uh, you had one here. Oh yeah, this is this is pretty stupid. This Brought is to us by thedailymail.com. So you want to read that headline there? Let's see uh, her face here. Mother twenty three who yeah, searched picture. Bring the picture down and read that headline. Mother who searched how to commit the perfect murder online is arrested for killing both her children two years apart. And she looks like somebody we went to high school with. Looks like somebody dated. (laughs) (laughs) No offense to that person. But um So you got the juicy bits out of this story? Um I know. I don't know. I think she strangled her second child. I don't know if she killed the first one. I don't know if it was some Munchausen syndrome type stuff, but they basically probably connected the dots after these two incidents had happened, you know? Uh, One happens, you know, infant mortality is a thing. That's why... People in the 20s used to have six, maybe up into the 50s, 
And then yeah, uh, my grandma had thirteen. Oh my god, dude! Was she a Mormon? Nope. Just a good man. They Irish Catholic. They still fucking crank or crank those out, man. But uh, the fountain. Every sperm is sacred, Stefan. The first, uh, (laughs) the first child's death is inconclusive because it was from a previous. It wasn't fully investigated, I assume. And the second one was from lack of oxygen to the brain. Right, and like you wouldn't maybe suspect it on the first one because infant mortality. You know, it's a thing. We just said the children die. Um, but two in this day and age, what? That's kind of crazy that not too long ago when polio was a thing and polio is coming back in a big way, maybe, you know, mumps and measles because all that anti-vax shit. Um, that's another, that's a whole nother thing. Right. That's a, that's a touchy subject. It's not touchy. It's no, I'm not saying it's touchy. I mean, it's like. It's infuriating. Yeah. It, it, it's touchy in the way that it strikes a nerve in the l- most logical people's minds. And I... Okay. That's exactly what I'm referring to. There is a page for, I think it was uh, River West, recently, that I've seen somebody posted um, some anti-vax stuff. And thankfully, that... that page is usually a hotbed for shitheads but they collectively ate this person and not just uh there's like a river west page and then there's like a river west butt hurt page so there's like (laughs) two pages and it's just like the stuff that i hate the most about facebook going on in those two place (laughs) yeah i i actively observe and watch and i don't dare I've never seen Chip a hive. In. Yes, I've never. It's a fucking shithole. <laughs> I've never seen a larger hive of scum and villainy. Uh, and virtue signaling and <laughs> anti-virtue signaling. Like, it is just the hotbed of people that you are within arm's reach of. Just... But yeah, vaccinate your children. It's good. Get your pets spayed and neutered. That's also good to uh, adopt. (laughs) Let's uh, let's go back to this. Get your husband spayed or neutered. Yes, please. Get yourself spayed or neutered. Uh, But this twenty-three-year-old, so she killed one of her children. What what tipped him off here? Just the other death. That's it. Um, I don't know if that was actually the one, but the what tipped him off was the Google searches. They just yeah accessed her. Internet browsing history and saw. Why would it, they even feel? They it was like to do good that? way to strangle. Well, maybe it was the second. <laughs> it was something it's a along how to wiki yeah. how a wiki how guide <laughs> like a, a Disney vacation. Yeah, <laughs> the subreddit. Just like choke like this, and then loosen up or not loosen up. Depends on what kind of play you're going into. <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually uh, saw a. It's not strangulation, technically. I saw a dude uh, with his shirt off on the subway just wanting to start some shit with some other guy. Might have been high, but this guy wanted to fight. And this isn't local because we don't have a subway. No, here. no, it's it's not local. It was a video that was going around, uh, around earlier. There's no news story to go with it. But um, this guy who he's threatening does not want to fight, and all of a sudden this good Samaritan's arm just reaches around the back and fucking sleeper you know, holds him pulls him apart yeah just just gives him that like nice little 
Hug good night. <laughs> and, <laughs> and his arms just limp. drops the dude. Just like brings him down. Just stops that blood flow. And then uh, you know tries to get up. And he's like, no, dude. Just puts his foot Stay down, baby boy. All right, I have another murder story. Author oh, of romance one. novel, the wrong husband charged in murdering her own. <laughs> so, our Nancy Crampton Brophy, sixty-eight. What a what a tongue full of it. <laughs> has wrote multiple romantic novels, including the wrong cop, the wrong lover, the wrong husband, and uh, bring up this picture of murder she wrote here. <laughs> here's our murdering romantic novelist. Woo wee! Some beautiful green eyes, but. Apparently, uh, wasn't um, apparently uh, you know none of the family obviously could believe it. But let's see the husband here. She murdered her her husband. Oh man, I love the rooster. Is that uh, the dude who did Igor? <laughs> <laughs> when he gets a little older, maybe. Uh, I. The new story I have, I I got it off ABC. I believe she shot him, but there's not too many details right now. Really, there wasn't a, a... Is this something that's you think is going to be drug out, like the Stephen Avery trial, man? I mean, maybe, just because it's so juicy. I mean, I is it really, though? Uh, you know... It's just one of those... How long have they been living together? How long uh, they they been both married? look elderly... That's some time to develop some real hate, you know? It's it's those uh, cases where you have young people that, um, you know, you maybe have that young crazy person, number one, crazy person, number two. They just really bring that thing out of each other. And then all of a sudden, in a fit of passion, one murders the other. This, this looks like this is some, uh, I've watched him chew with his mouth open oh, for like a, so fucking long, like a, I just uh, can't stand it. What, you Edgar Allan Poe, the the guy who murders his the butler who murders his <laughs> his hiery, and then he buries his heart, the telltale heart. He like can't stand anything about him. Kills oh, the guy and then buries okay, his yeah. heart under the heart. Now the I I actually have no. I've never read that, and I've never heard it referenced anywhere else but an episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, the only reason I know of that can't, story. Can't uh, take his master anymore. He finds him repulsive, disgusting, and everything. Murders him, buries him underneath the floorboard. The detective comes, and he hears his it's heart like, it's under like his the watch or some shit. Yeah. He basically uh, gives himself away because he's so paranoid, he, and he thinks that they can hear the heart too. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't think that, uh, this lady... No, that's not how this happened. <laughs> scroll, scroll up. They so do not... Get up they so have not determined... Well, there's the book. There's the picture. <laughs> Look at the, these book covers. That's her... That's her book. <laughs> All right. So she... She writes these no, these Just erotic novels. This. She this. writes these erotic novels, something we're very fond of here on, the, on Radio Loud. <laughs> and she... She murdered her husband, 63, apparently shot him dead. But in this news story, it has no relation to how the police determined that she was the shooter. So that's obviously going to come out later. I think this is going to get dragged out. It's going to be a blockbuster case of 2018's closing statement. I doubt it, but we'll try to follow it. Uh, and we're going to have a new Netflix series called 
making nope. an erotic audiobook because <laughs> nobody reads anymore. <laughs> yeah. She, oh, she no. done it, apparently. Well, it sounds pretty open and closed. I mean, they don't really have to figure out why she did it if they knew, if they it's know. That damn rooster. That's it. <laughs> the damn rooster. She couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> Wanted out of the house. All right, uh, what do we got next for? Uh, you have any tales from the week? Uh uh-uh. uh I do because I had. I mean, hockey. I do, but like, I don't have anything that's relatable. I've been working with a guy who is basically a technician, but doesn't know anything about networking. And it's kind of just like the nitty gritty of if you understand if you understand basic computer networking, then you can relate to my angst. But as I found in my days, most people don't. <laughs> so I just the average guy. No, this guy is above average, and I felt like he should have known just a little bit more. I had some computer networking woes, but that's not what I wanted to share. I wanted to share that I had a hockey game last Saturday and I scored my first goal. Oh, really? Yeah. You? Yep. All right. What's the, uh, let's let's, uh, see here. Uh, Second scrimmage. Sports desk. We're all pink on the inside. (laughs) It's my second game. I got my first goal. Like uh, a minute or two into the first period. Now, I don't want to make you feel like shit, but that probably just says loads about the people you're playing with. i was in the old timers league but uh there was some there was actually some pretty good guys out there there were some older guys there were some younger guys but everyone was pretty impressed especially considering it was my second game now why were you in the uh old timers league just because it was of... a, an opening okay. i I, yeah. I sent out a couple texts to a number of people or just like you need to fill, fill just in? like yeah and he oh, texted cool. me the day before he's like can you g- be there at this time, bring a dark jersey. We need an extra spot fill. I was like, yeah. Awesome. So I went in there, filled the st- the slot, and it was actually a lot more work than the other scrims I went to because they had a smaller bench, so you got way more ice time. But I scored left face-off circle with a, from a good pass, got it uh, right side of the goalie's leg, and then I almost also got into a debacle with some guy. So I, I checked two guys, not necessarily intentionally. I checked one dude, knocked him down. The other dude I just kind of backed into. But at the very end of the How game... How old was he, Stefan? Come on, they're, they're going to break his hip? No. <laughs> but one of the... They're going to fuck you up? Maybe. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the game, I didn't realize we only had 15 seconds left, or 20 seconds left, but a guy on the opposing team hooked my teammate against the boards and like he was just holding him there while he had the puck he couldn't escape because hooking you use your stick so he Mm -hmm. basically had him pinned against the wall and i don't know what came over me but i let out like a couple really loud like hey hey until this guy turned and looked at me and saw me coming right towards him just like i was not having any of it do it (laughs) that's what his fucking brain said and then the buzzer went off, and I just, I was like, oh, it's over. <laughs> um, it was good, though. I was going to, I drew some, like, links between, like, you getting called in for, like, the senior league or whatever. Um, I, 
They're not against... actually. They're not actually all old timers, though. <laughs> well, no, none of them is going to fucking listen to this. So <laughs> <laughs> they're really not, though. There are some guys that are around my age. What do you, what do you mean? Like you know, forties, forty five. Uh, it's a pretty wide breadth. There was other guys my age, and then there were dudes who were probably 50s. Hey, man. It was just whoever could, could play. It was just more, like a pickup game. More experience, more grace. There's one dude there with a slap shot that put the fear of God in me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Just like... <laughs> he was a younger dude, too, and then he was real... He had no fear with the stick. He would just like... I thought he was just going to pressure my stick or break my my uh break my hockey stick that's uh one of the things that i already i always had with uh playing lacrosse i would just get so into it that i would just that that um like forgetting about how tired you were you'd just get so into the game because you wanted to fucking win yeah um i can't do that with hockey because i have to make sure i don't fucking die I have to make sure I I stay upright and don't crack my fucking head on the ice. Uh, once you're all padded up, it's not that bad. But once he, yeah, he, I want some of those. Once man. he was going nuts with the the stick, I was like, you know what? I can do that too. And I broke up a, a breakaway, or the the a guy was going to be one on one with our goalie, and I came up behind him and I dove and just like laid out with my stick and blocked him. That's great. Nice. I was great, man. I had a great time. That's great. That's great. You had a great I time. Just, I, great. I just feel like I had to share, and I like Wilson Park. I like the ice there. I was gonna say um, when you said, "Oh yeah, Wilson's great." Yeah. Um, it's really hot when you're not on the, the rink, though, because of that pool. There's a pool in there. Yeah, it's so humid in there. Hmm. You didn't notice like the humidity just when you walk. Well, it's probably it was summer. It was probably just humid yeah. in general. But holy crap! So I um against my will. Back in like seventh grade, I had just moved here with, uh, you know, my, me, madre and padre. And, um, La familia. I was encouraged to join some rec department sports. Get those extracurriculars. No, it's not extracurricular, it's completely independent of school. It's just rec department shit. Um, so I joined. Baseball, and, and I, I'm reminded of this every time I walk into my pops's office. He's got a bunch of just, just a ton of shit, and I, I say this to him sometimes, like, dude, you gotta, gotta get rid of some of these knickknacks, man. It's just knickknacks on knickknacks, you know. And he's like, but I like it. <laughs> it's like, what, what, sentimental, sentimental value. I wish I could have that many things with, like, sentimental value. I just, I'm not, like, a collector, you know? I have a lot of things, but they're functional. But I don't really collect, like, little... Knickknacks. Yeah, or uh, memorabilia or stuff like that. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I, I got you. So there's this picture of me superimposed on, like, a baseball magazine. Because they... <laughs> <laughs> they take the pictures for the parents. Does it say "Little Slugger" on it or something? Oh, I don't know what it says, but I remember um, when we got it. I used to be bad at like school pictures, and um, a couple of times in I don't know first, second grade, didn't smile for the school picture, and your parents pay a lot of money for the school picture, and they're basically. 
making a line of little kids and we're like, all right, next, here you go, click, next, <laughs> click. You get like one chance to make it right. Yep. Uh, and I went home a couple times with some like shit packages of pictures and I knew it going home. I'm like, oh man, these look bad. But they like never care. This, uh, no, my parents are like, dude, what the, what the fuck? Hell, we doc? paid a bunch of money for this. The hell, These doc? are keepsakes. So, uh, I'm, since that era, I don't blame them, but I don't really keep pictures that much. Yeah, I'm not a picture guy. I'm not a picture guy either. But, uh, this one it was one of the positive pictures that I got back from my parents. So, I go, oh, my dad was like, you look mean. <laughs> so it was just some stupid baseball cover magazine. I'm glad he likes it. If you listen to this, Pops, glad glad you got that one out of me. But the thing about the league was, if you can call it that. It's just kids playing in the field. The, it, it turned into that. Making dirt mounds and stuff. But we got there, and it was supposed to be age brackets, you know? There was the uh, middle school league, and then there was the um, upper elementary school, and then the young kids. Nobody signed up. All got thrown out the window, didn't it? All got thrown out the window. That happened to me, too. All of us got put in together in one league. And honestly, it seemed pretty bogus at the time because I was uh, with this. I was the one of the oldest kids. There was one kid that was older than me. And he was fucking good. Like, he was really good. And then he looks at me, and he's like, well, at least there's two of us. And I'm just like, yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah, right? And this is my fucking first year. You know? yeah. <laughs> so uh, he finds out I fucking blow. <laughs> uh, we obviously get split up onto different teams because there's just like this fucking Coach Jagoff, uh, Coach Sixpack, fucking bong brow. Uh, he has to coach this entire thing now. He's like, this is not what I fucking signed up for. I have to do just these, like, uh, pre-pubescent males along with little kids. Yeah. And somehow keep this, like, cohesive, Organized. you know? Yours seems to have been better than mine. I did flag football through the Y. Mm -hmm. My dad ended up being the coach. We played two games against appropriately aged opponents. And you want to know what happened after that? What? So I w had to have been fourth grade. We started playing middle schoolers who just destroyed us because they were in eighth grade. And it didn't make any freaking sense. <laughs> it was so stupid. My dad was like, why is this happening to us? Like, that's it, just how they set up the... How, how, that's all the people they had. So it's like, well, I guess you guys got to play these people. Well, I guess, like, you know, the Parks and Rec Department has to do the best that it's been given. Yeah. You know? And just get destroyed. We played, like, three ga another three games against these way older people and just got annihilated. Now, to be honest... You know, just reaching over the, the offensive line and <laughs> grabbing it from you before it, you can do anything. It's like uh, just grabbing the kid... By the head and just <laughs> then taking the flag, take yeah. <laughs> whatever it is, no matter what sport it is, just be like this mine now. <laughs> Basically, me now terrible. win. But uh, honestly, it wasn't that bad. Like overall, the experience was a positive one.
got to meet some cool younger kids and you kind of learn that uh, even though you know you stop playing with like action figures and stuff like that and that's how you kind of think about the younger generation um honestly all throughout the ranks from adolescent to fully grown adult till death we're pretty much all little kids at heart you know uh and uh, I'm trying to make this a little wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> trying to put a ball on this shit pile. But um, it, was, it was kind of funny because I was at the uh, skate park with uh, this clan, basically. Had, like, 20 cousins in Germantown, where I went to high school. And, man, did their grandparents like to fuck a lot. It kind of segues <laughs> back, you know? This is the old ways Make of doing babies, things. yeah. And it carried on to the next generation where it wasn't so necessary. But uh, I remember being at the skate park. She was like, oh, yeah, dog, you're in the baseball league with blah, 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 my little cousin. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just like the places I would catch shit for like being in that league. Maybe it was because I was fresh to the town and I didn't know. Or none of us knew that the Parks and Rec was bullshit. And it's like, you just do school league. That's what you do in this town. Yeah. Because Germantown was something else. Like, I mean, that town was a football cult. I mean, realistically, that's all they had there. What else did Germantown have going on? Uh, they have... For school programs that were successful. Oh, you meant school? I was going to say they have a pick and save. (laughs) and it's a good one i remember a story about germantown obviously this is the place to send german exchange students right wrong they when you are a german exchange student you go to germany and you basically get to drink as a young teenager and get to see a bunch of cool shit. They have cool shit that they're they have in their towns. And Not this place. You, you know what they German did town? to these German kids that paid all this money to see America? They brought them to the German town pick and save. And it's like, look at our sign that says Willkommen. Ah! I did not know all that. But I wouldn't want to be a German exchange student going to You'd think they'd go to Milwaukee or something. You think they'd they'd took them to Mater's at least, <laughs> <laughs> or the Usinger's uh, Brock Factory? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here, this is the halls of. You're death. German. Here's You're like the halls brats. of Deathlinks. <laughs> <laughs> You're like brats, right? How insulting! <sighs> All right. What do we got next for the uh, for the news? What do we got on the video? Oh yes, this fucking dude. You got some groundwork you want to lay on this one? This isn't necessarily news, but just watch this guy. You want me to audio narrate this? We're gonna uh, start the playback. This guy is. Okay, there's a tall, skinny fellow on top. Hey, you of don't the have to narrate car. it at all because we're both watching it, and uh, you know he's. There's this guy who is trying to... He's on top of an SUV, and he's trying to smash the shit. It's a police SUV. Yeah. 
and he's, he's not getting anywhere. He's not getting anywhere, and there's basically like a cop on his radio, and now Call, there's two. Calls for backup. Yeah. Now there's two. He's trying to kick in the back window. He's just like kind of like he a did toddler. Successfully, kicking and screaming. He did successfully. Now there's eight cops. He did successfully break the back window. Did he? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. And now this cop basically is tossing him off the side, and they're all catching him. That guy has a tase rifle. <laughs> Serves that fucking guy right, though. What the fuck did he think? The bicycle cop didn't was even... going to happen. The bicycle cop didn't even jump to or do anything. He just called for backup, stood there with his pot belly. Yeah, and right. It's like, they're coming for you, boy. I commend. They're coming for you. I commend that man for the patience. He He's like, oh, exercising man. extreme patience. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to those who wait, so come what, great you think, things. You think this is drug-fueled? Anger-filled? Uh, I don't know. Stupidity-filled? Uh, booze-filled? He's got too good a balance to be booze-filled. Right. Right, maybe it's a uh, you know PCP. I don't know if it was PCP, he would have fucking gotten through naked. that window in one fucking fell swoop, man. And he'd he would have just be. been like, boom. He'd need to be naked. I don't understand the stand he's taking here. You know, uh, not to be an advocate for PCP, and I've never tried PCP, but uh, I was interested in Hamilton's pharmacopoeia for a while, and apparently those stories we've all heard them of people like conjuring the strength of 10 men and fucking punching their way out of the back of a police car on a pcp high apparently those are like extreme extreme outliers it, it, it just doesn't happen that much well, it's like the lifting the car off your baby thing <laughs> some sort of adrenaline filled Miracle dream. All right. So speaking of drugs, wasping. What is this? You want to fill me in on what wasping is? It's uh, a new drug trend. trend a new drug trend. Yeah, I saw bio. it earlier today. It's uh, something that hasn't taken off yet, but uh, I mean, I imagine from what the description I read, this being pretty hard to sell to somebody. <laughs> right. It's a combination of methamphetamine and wasp nest chemicals wasp nest spray yeah like raid i don't know what the active ingredient in it is but it sounds like some sort of um like proto crocodile you know where um these things almost come out of uh, the user's desperation to a chase the dragon yeah to receive like something new almost you know the the high of the drug that they're on is not is dull. doing it. Yeah. No. And they're trying to find like a new component to kind of up the ante to make it become like it was, which is, you know, futile. Um, for those of you who don't know what crocodile is, it was like a combination of petroleum products, gasoline, one of those mixed and heroin. Became acidic. Acidic? Yeah. And they called it crocodile basically because it would turn the user's skin into this f dead, flaky crocodile. Your skin peels off. Yeah. It basically just kills your skin and yeah. you're putting this the shit into your veins and it corrodes you from the inside yep. out. Um, <clears throat> but even that had a, a chemical 
compound that it did create. That happened to be one that, um, I don't know if it was... I believe it was mostly off of just the bad batches of it. It had an extra... It was, Extra it, molecular compound or something? It wasn't just the bad batches. It was people who were poor and couldn't afford the actual chemical process of, like, brewing this. So they couldn't Imitative. extract all of the chemicals that were bad for you. Basically get the impurities out. Yeah. Uh, and through desperation, it drives people to do just insane things. things. Yeah, desperate, insane things. <laughs> Just like this guy, our naked Florida man, who accidentally started his house on fire, desperately trying to make cookies on his George Foreman grill. <laughs> Does this have a tale that relates to you? Somehow, did you start a fire on your George Foreman? Uh, I didn't start a fire, but I tried to cook some like onions on my stovetop while I was cooking some brats, and nothing went up. It just filled the place with smoke. Just carbonized. Yeah, uh, that's that's the one thing that uh, Sean R.I.P. used to like shit on my cooking forever. He's like, "Oh, I've had your cooking." It's like when he said that, I was like, "I don't think I've ever really cooked for you." <laughs> and then after a while, it clicked. I was like, "Oh, that's what he's referring to." <laughs> the one time I burnt some onions. Um, but yeah, this guy. Apparently drank a shit ton of vodka, Ooh, the, and it was he was just high on the marijuans. That's too bad. Drinking, getting high, gonna enjoy some cookies. Now just drinking, burn your fucking house way down, end too up outside much. naked. Now he was just inside. Two naked. liters of vodka. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He wasn't just like, oh, I'm gonna have this little sip. I'm gonna get fucking annihilated. And I'm just not gonna. He probably wasn't even conscious of the fact that he decided to, you know, his the animal brain in his head decided, uh, I'm gonna keep you breathing, and I'm gonna make some cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and he forgot he forgot about the cookies. Now the the funny part about the story was that same brain decided, oh, to put the fire out on the grill. On I'm gonna get a towel and put put it on there. And then eventually the moisture goes away and just adds more kin kindling to the fire. Yeah. Mistakes so, were made. A house was burned down. Going to have to go to some drug and alcohol counseling. Is he going to have to do that? Because Probably be state I mandated. Yeah. Uh, in that situation, probably. But, I don't know, he like refused care. He at least seemed conscious enough to... Where they didn't just like force him. Well, you said, can't make this decision for. They said yourself. in the story he, it had been an all day drinking thing, and I don't think the. He said he started drinking at nine in the morning, and this all happened around five thirty, so it was all day bender experience. Yeah. Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> no comments. <laughs> Oh, snap. Oh, shit. All right, we're about 50 minutes in. Let's take a little break. Breaky boo. Did you bring, do you have that picture of Bert? 
All right, no, we're, ju- we're just going to go to BRB. OC, OC, original content, original content. <laughs> Suggestion box. Oh, everybody's favorite, least favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, this week we're going to start it out with who is the worst voice package that you could assign to the checkout line. So the automated checkout line at the grocery stores. Um, when I had originally kind of done a little poking around on the internet, not just for this, but um, I had mentioned that, um, you know, sometimes when you're going through a checkout line and <clears throat> you have the management trainee uh, translation bagger <laughs> bagging up your groceries that uh, are European counterparts, that was not common thing to have somebody bagging your groceries for you. That uh, you would commonly bag your own groceries. I'm wondering how m- much longer maybe the automated uh, checkout line where it's just a robot uh, checking you out and you just bag your own stuff has been a thing there for longer. But I um, <clears throat> I put up a thread on my Facebook this week saying, who would be a terrible voice package for the checkout machine and what would they say? Can I go first? Yeah, by all means. Benicio now this Toro's <laughs> character in Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't even get anything out, and then he'd just like give up, and you'd be swiping the next item. It's like, oh, in this uh, situation, nobody wins. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the funniest things that I brought out of The Last Jedi was when we watched, when we came out of the theater, we were all kind of like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and, Everyone was shell-shocked. Yeah. Uh, and Stefan was like, how'd you like Bendicia del Toro? He's like, oh, you gotta play both sides, kid. Uh, <laughs> he didn't even have, like, a good stutter for what he did. He just, like... It was, like, felt tacked on. Yeah. And, um... Even though I love Stefan would just, you. to represent him starting, he'd just go, da-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty accurate. So he'd be like, uh, hey, did you get that blueprint out of the, the, the bagging thing. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you want paper or plastic? Da, 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 da. Yeah. That is exactly. But yeah, Belnicio del Toro from Last Jedi. And put your discount codes. I'm the code breaker. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> um. My suggestion for it was uh, Henry Rollins just suggesting how th- this is such a luxury. We didn't have this back in my day. Back in my day, you actually had to talk to the person who was bagging your groceries. Why don't you want to talk to people anymore? <laughs> You're too good. Don't think you good enough. Same fucking punk rock. But uh, the real goods came from the people. So uh, Joe suggested joe pesci you know uh yeah uh welcome to walmart get your shit and get the fuck out (laughs) that's what he wrote (laughs) um josh wrote justin rollins lemon grab voice 
Unexpected item in Burger Thomas wrote uh, Fran Drescher. <laughs> oh, God. Like, oh, you're buying that? Oh, no. Is that kosher? Oh, no. <laughs> hey, come on. Uh, check Get your it out of the baggy area. Check your coupon books for those dill pickles. Come on. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he actually didn't have any rights. He just like anything in that obnoxious that voice. voice. Yeah. Um, God, the nanny. What a terrible show. <laughs> I, I'm not old enough to remember that. I'm like old enough to remember adverts for it, but it was beyond what they were advertising. It was beyond my age group. I was so little. Um, Kristen writes. That kid from Malcolm in the Middle in a wheelchair. Your squash is two. Please put the item in the bagging area. Dollars and twenty two cents. <laughs> Place like like she wrote all of that out. That was a great suggestion. Um, and then. The weakest, but still kind of funny, Arnold. Get through the bagging area. <laughs> Chill out, dickwad, for when you scan too fast. If it bleeds, we could bag it. For meat items, it's not a tumor. For anything that's not a tumor. <laughs> So, uh, well, thank that you. Actually, that was actually going to be the other one would just be like Samuel L. Jackson, just like yelling motherfucker all the time. <laughs> right? You, th- you think it would be great, but the novelty would wear off real quick. Right? It's like, um, <sighs> who else? Uh, maybe, uh, you know, it seems like a cheap shot, but, uh, Christopher Walken. <laughs> um, it was a, um, I actually heard an interesting story. How about, about Danzig sings to you while you bag? <laughs> Put your eyes in the bag. <laughs> Sorry, Danzig. We'll stop just punching you repeatedly in the stomach. Oh, that's, he is going to be our punching bag forever. No, he has feelings too. Now, I heard an interesting story about um, Dave Danzig? Grohl oh. and <laughs> Christopher Walken. Uh, I think it was SNL and Foo Fighters were playing on and uh, Christopher Walken was hosting. So, uh, Christopher Walken comes up to Gabe Grohl and asks, where's the emphasis on, uh, the emphasis, the emphasis on Foo Fighters? So Dave Grohl already knows where it's going. Yeah, he's like, ladies and gentlemen, Foo Fighters. (laughs) Foo Fighters. What is his accent even from? Dude, from Christopher Walken land. From no, I know. Where's Christopher Walken get it from? Is there a place just magically He's definitely tucked away? East Coast. I feel. Is there just a place magically tucked away in the in the main wilderness, just some off off the beaten trail town where there's a population of seventy five people and they all fucking talk like that? But the thing is, Christopher Walken seems like an old man to us, but he's talked like that his entire career. I know. I mean, I think the earliest I can conjure him being in something is like a Bond villain or something like that. Yeah. I get that. But somewhere there's a town or a group of people that also talk like him. 
Where is he from? Where are these other people? Where did you learn to talk like you do? Apparently, Christopher Walken does not like to go fast. <laughs> he doesn't like driving or being driven or being in a boat. Anything like... He doesn't like being in vehicles. How does this guy get around to everything he does? I mean, he's kind of like successfully retired. I haven't seen him in anything recently. He's from Queens. I told you, East Coast, man. But East not Coast. everyone in Queens talks like that. Yeah, but that's why I was saying Christopher Walken is his own thing. I know. I was just secretly hoping there was a magical Hamlet tucked away somewhere. and Well, it would be full of people talking like <laughs> Christopher Walken. Chris. Um, so I was struggling. I was just drawing from my pile of unread notes and in order to bring them to the top so I didn't have to go through all my notes, I was just like bumping my own notes. I was just going through my notes and typing bump. So it would go to this top of my cell phone notes. Uh, this one's called foot phobia. Uh, so you've heard of the foot fetish. Now it's time for the foot phobia. Being so phobic of your feet that you leave your socks on all the time. Even when you go, like when you're having sex, you know that person that uh, leaves their socks on when they're having sex, it's taboo. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, have you? Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard, well, not obviously in my personal life, but... I had an associate, a friend, who said that that was going to be his porno move. Was the leaving the socks? So <laughs> yeah, tube socks, and he'd leave them slipped down about halfway through the tube, so they'd be flopping off the end of his feet. <laughs> and he was he was just like he was all about the socks. He on liked the feet. that, huh? That that seems like more like a, a sock and dangle fetish, something like that, than a phobia. Uh, or you hear the guys that say, well, I leave them on because my feet get cold. You're just like, mm -hmm. Well, that's, uh, that's a common problem with the ladies, um, that their feet get cold. It's like a common trope that uh, the ladies' feet are as cold as ice. Well, there's also just the trope of temperature sensitive women. Right. Uh, so this would be like they're, you're so phobic of feet, you don't even want to look at your own feet. And you'd so be so you only get one pair of socks on that your grandma, your grandmammy put on, and you <laughs> I know move out of the house, and you they'd never be get to... thick. They'd be so thick you couldn't like see the wiggling of your toes. They'd just be like flippers. And uh, you better hope you find a good woman to replace your sock before <laughs> it withers into nothing. I can't look. I can't look. <laughs> they're, they're touching air. They're exposed. I don't think. So th this came from the trope of uh, accidentally leaving your socks on during sex that you're so phobic of your feet and you find them so disgusting you just leave them on when you shower even. <laughs> they still look clean, kind of. I, you, I, I feel like you'd get one nasty case of trench foot. Right. And it's like, how'd you get gangrene? It's like, I fucking hate feet. And Well, they won't be a problem anymore, little Timmy, because <laughs> now we get to chop them off. <laughs> Uh, and then you get left with stubs. I feel like there's uh That's how Henneman went out. <laughs> I feel like there's a Outer Limits, a Twilight Zone, a Treehouse of Terror, something where dude got his feet 
or cut his feet off because he was so disgusted by them. I feel like there's a uh, a reference made there somewhere. So I had, I think it was out of um, some of like the YouTube historians or just like fact things where they're trying to make content based on content that isn't out there. Uh, talking about Quentin Tarantino and the foot fetish. Now, the the are you trying to angle that this is all a ploy? No, 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 no. Uh, that just like went from a bit to like everybody's heard the story. Not everybody, but a lot of people have heard the story about how Quentin Tarantino has a foot fetish. Yeah, and it's, it's out there. Salma Hayek. We've talked about this yeah. before. It's, shoving the old foot in his mouth oh yep in, and uh, then and kill from dust till dawn and then yeah and then kill, kill bill, bill having five the, minute toe wiggling yeah wiggle your big my... toe with uma thurman now he actually has the fucking power to you know and he was under harvey weinstein at the time and i'm not trying to say that he was like exploiting this anything, shit but they knew exactly what they were doing some parallels i got you uh, well, I don't mean to do that. Like Quentin Tarantino is a fucking weird Frankenstein-looking man, um, and actually, that's uh, what Burt Reynolds was doing when he died. He was on Th- that one movie. I forgot the name. Something. Uh, Once upon whatever. a time in Hollywood yeah. about the Manson killings that Tarantino is doing. Um, Fascinating stuff. I have heard it presented that the part of your brain that associates like things that are pleasurable is very close to like motor control for your feet something like that and that's one of the reasons that like a foot fetish man you just get a couple wires crossed it goes from boobs to butt to feet right it uh there's there's um varying degrees of fetishism but that one's fairly common like, it's so common that you don't just, like, oh, that's fucking gross. Like, yes, it's gross to you if you're not into it. And it, you trying to tell me, like, feet? No, dude, I fucking think feet are gross. Gross. But it is so common that it's not like, oh, that's your fucking thing. Like, you like fucking uh, standing upside down, doing a keg stand, and listening to fucking, like... You too. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Speaking of you too, uh, there was a thread that went up about Apple uh, making. You know, they're going to make a car. So and they would be like, "What YouTube are the features?" Yeah, they're going to be like, "What is the features of the car?" So a lot of them was like, uh, "You're going to have to buy an adapter for your gas nozzle." Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a headphone jack <laughs> in the radio. Um, and one of those things was like all of a sudden you two will show up in the in back your, seat of your car and do a live performance for you <laughs> one day. That'd be an ad that they're gonna do for it. Now, um, I had seen another thread, and this is one of my comments on it. Uh, the thread didn't end up taking off, and it wasn't from me. But, uh, somebody had presented the human 2.0 is about to come out. What are the new features? My suggestion was they are making us slimmer, but they're condensing everything down to one hole in order to make that possible. Kind of like how Apple got rid of 
the headphone jack and did everything in the Thunderbolt jack. So we're just slender men? <laughs> yeah, but we only have one hole. I don't know if it's the mouth or the butthole. <laughs> that's the thing. It's one hole and it does all the functions. Now, that would be appropriate if we had to like get an adapter for our old functions and it was called the dongle and we had to put it in the butt. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you, can the you think? Person, you think of any uh, uh, new human features that you would like to see? I'd like to see gills. You know, yeah. Uh, Kevin Costner to too. Some Kevin Costner. World action. Yeah. I could go for that. I could go for. Well, we uh, speaking Waterworld. We could just. I honestly just picture Human 2.0 ending up like fucking Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> Right? It's modular. Yeah. It's like, oh, I need a new pair of lips today. (laughs) But uh, that'd be another hole. How would you attach it? Just be magnetic? I was thinking uh, we'd have a recycling system so we could just turn our urine into coffee immediately. It's sterile. (laughs) And we like the taste. That was actually an old Dana Carvey bit talking about Waterworld when it first came out. Um, He was doing... George Bush talking about what a failure Waterworld was. And he was like, you don't pee in a Mr. Coffee and get taster's choice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That guy. Dude, he is such a great stand-up. And he's done it like before, during, and after his SNL career. But that's like where everybody knows him. And that was, he was so renowned for that period in his life that nobody knows anything about, like, what he did. Like, there's people who know, but the vast majority of people only know, know him he's from Saturday Night Live. They know him as Garth. They know him as the church lady. Yeah. They know him as the characters that he would play. And most people here would know him from Master Dis- Most people today's in oh, today and age would remember him from Master in Disguise. The biggest failure fucking ever. That that was crazy he though. He just went underground after that, right? That was his. Well, he was sick. He got sick. I don't know what his like health issue was, but he had a sketch comedy show that he was trying to bring out uh, called the Dana Carvey Show. ABC bought it. Oh, did you just watch the documentary? I had watched it a couple months ago. It's funny. Now that that's where Steve Carell and Steve Colbert got, got their discovered. Starts, yeah. And nobody thinks of that show as where they got their starts. Because no, no, no one remembers it because it went for like half a season, almost like six episodes. It went for its like full first season. Then it was done. It yeah. was so out there. It would have been a hit today. If you put it on, if it Absolutely. had been on Adult Swim, it would have been a hit. Well, that was the Way thing. ahead of its time. They had interviews in the documentary about it. About yeah. they, had, they were interviewing Bill Hader. And he was professing about watching at the time and just saying, this is what I've been waiting for. I taped every single episode of it, and I guess they actually did cancel it, so they didn't get the last episode because 
he at the time knew that this could not last long. Yeah, it was. And he was like a young man. They were given the time. full creative reins, and it went so off the rails. And people were just like reining in, and they just gave him the middle fingers, just like you told us we could do whatever we right. want. We're gonna do whatever we want. I think the first episode had Bill Clinton milking. Yeah, dogs out of Baltimore. No, it he was, was feeding babies out of like six yeah. nipples. It was Bill Clinton saying, "I've divorced Hillary, <laughs> but I can be the mother of the nation." <laughs> Look, I've gotten all these tits installed, yeah. like, and he no, was like was feeding like wildlife off of his like tits. Yep, squirting milk all over. And, and even they said in the documentary is. That was probably the wrong one to open with. <laughs> but, but the real... Uh, the guy that does uh, did uh, Triumph the Comic Dog was a writer on Dave Schmeigel. Yeah. I think that's his first they name. They were stacked. Schmeigel was also a writer for Saturday Night Live. <clears throat> but uh, one of the reasons that it failed was because ABC had picked them up. They actually didn't get picked up by ABC. They shopped it around to some networks, and ABC was the one that they decided to go with. They put them right after Tool Time. No. Or Home Improvement. For, yes, they did do that, but Disney bought ABC in that era. Like, before they decided to go with ABC. And then, yeah, the one of the things that demonstrated why it failed the most was an actual aired uh, advertisement from ABC where it was an advert for uh, Home Improvement because none of them really watched Home Improvement. Yeah, it's like, I don't want to die, Dad. And <laughs> and Tim Allen's just like, I love you, son. Yeah. Oh, I love you. I'm not going to let anything happen to I've you. And then yeah. followed by the Dana Carvey brought to you by Mountain Dew Comedy Hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Stephen Colbert just, they put like everybody who was on that show and just played that back to them and just captured their reactions. And they're just like, <laughs> no, you, you, no, they're like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, you can't write comedy this the, funny. Uh, oh, it's great. I loved that. Uh, the The documentary was called Too Funny to Fail. Yeah, Too Funny to Fail. And it was it was great. Although, if you don't want to watch Steve Carell cry, you might not want to watch it. He cries in his interview tape. <laughs> it was really funny, too. Dana Carvey and everyone was like, I don't even know how we hired him. <laughs> It was kind of funny because um, Steve Carell and Steve Colbert were both... Or I think it was Colbert. I forgot. what One of them was crying in their audition tape. Hmm. And uh, they were just like, I don't oh, really yeah, remember like, why we hired him. Uh, it wasn't actual crying. He was like, he had just I had, had a baby. And it's like, I have to feed my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't remember which one it was. I think it was uh, Stephen Colbert. I don't recall. All right. Uh, you want bodily functions or technology? I'd just like to say that Dana Carvey totally went underground after the collapse of Master of Disguise and then his his illnesses. But uh, he's he did a stand up special, like a recent one on Netflix. It has, wasn't that great though. It kind three, of felt a little out of touch. He has three bullets out of. Uh, after that. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Great. Uh, what did you want? Bodily functions or bodily functions or technology? technology all right it's called guy fi 
And this is wireless access to Flavortown, wherever you want. It replaces Wi-Fi, and you could just get greasy food wherever. Like, um, I'm thinking, like, replicator tech. Yeah, that's so why I was kind of going just like, I'd like a thing of chili fries. <laughs> uh, men's mass would increase worldwide. <laughs> um, you would have a uh, a hologram doctor like Voyager, but it's Guy Fieri. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> okay. That I was not prepared for. <laughs> and uh, um, the <clears throat> thing originally... <laughs> Yeah, but uh, you could also go in reverse. The Guy Fieri eating things in reverse trope. And just you'd be eating and eating and eating. It's like, oh, I need, I need to make myself stop. And then they just start like playing Guy Fieri eating in reverse in front of you. But it would look so real. You'd just be like, oh, oh. And then he'd give it to you. <laughs> he'd he'd uneat the chili fries and then give them to you. now does that qualify as like a a mother bird chewing its food first if it's in reverse like that i don't know because he's not real but the doctor from voyager was real enough how did he become so like real that they respected him like another human and he was completely unhinged um well first it starts with now, he's a, he's an keep in mind, let's try and revert this back to Guy Fieri being disgusting anytime we can. I was going to go on a Star <laughs> Trek rant there. No, no, like I was going to say, continue on okay, your The, sco- the Doctor from Voyager actually starts in Deep Space Nine. A doctor comes to Deep Space Nine to get Julian Bashir, the doctor of that series, is information because he's such a successful doctor. And he's actually, it turns out, a genetically modified human, so he's a superhuman. Um... So that doctor... Would you like to know more? That doctor generates a program based on Julian Bashir's experiences on Deep Space Nine and scientific and medical uh, Is that written career. in Deep Space Nine? Yes. And the, the doctor that comes will end up playing the doctor in Voyager. Because he right. programs himself to be the emergency holographic doctor on ships, which is only supposed to operate for brief stints of time. This is kind of reminding me of Nguyen Soong creating data. I am imagining Guy Fieri being Nguyen Soong and then creating, creating another Guy Fieri in his image. So there's like... I picture just having a really shittily opening, like, <laughs> nutcracker-style mouth, just like, feed me food, give me more flavor to analyze. So this doctor... Oh, you're still going off that. I was trying to <laughs> trying to expand on. I, I imagine Guy Fieri as just a, a not Guy Fieri's personality anymore. He is just I can cook you, or I have a wealth of knowledge, an inhuman wealth of knowledge on terrible things that only can humans change, would like. Can I just can I just change Guy Fieri's programming to be Elzar <laughs> from Futurama? Bam, bam. <laughs> I feel like he would take offense to that. Maybe, um, yeah, uh, Elzar could maybe be um, Lore. 
<laughs> to be like kind of the opposite of him he like has a little class but he's still like really impulsive brash <laughs> all right we're reaching for that one yeah fucking guy fi you gotta you gotta read uh it was actually something i thought up over the way here and it's kind of fizzled a little bit so i got a, a little bit distracted hey that's we you said yes so shoot i'm gonna need a second if you got another one i'm gonna need a second because it kind of fizzled well uh we can't be like focusing on you know two different things kind of have to like put the full energy into like what we're you didn't have it written down or anything no because i thought of on the way here and i was driving um Okay, I have uh, buying a nuke on the black market. So uh, this is the modern age, you know. It's the age of convenience. So you order your nuke on the black market. and Some you, bitcoins. Yeah. You get it. It's like Ikea instructions in a kit. <laughs> Which is like uranium in a glass jar or something. It would be... Um, a lead container that's like 80 pounds and then your enriched uranium is in it and that would be 80% of the package kind of like Amazon does they ship you these fucking boxes of mostly air yeah and then you open it up and you're expecting you know you're maybe this is just one piece or whatever and uh, you start getting like all of this other stuff, and it's just a kit to put your missile together. Um, and you would get so far into it, you'd expose yourself to the um, nuclear radiation just to find out you're missing the firing pin <laughs> at the end. Because whenever it you put together a piece of Ikea furniture, there's always something fucking missing. Or, there's always somebody who claims there's something missing, and they're just too fucking stupid to put the, the thing together in the first place. Yeah. You just have a, um, a nuclear-powered ashtray afterwards. It just... It just evaporates or eliminates the ash as you put it in i actually watched this thing earlier this week uh this is completely like i wrote this thing a couple weeks ago um i was watching something about a lesser known nuclear disaster in russia and i forget the name of the lake but there was basically a bunch of like nuclear enrichment facilities in russia and uh, nuclear test sites that were in central Russia, maybe a thousand miles uh, east of Moscow, just in the open tundra. And they had these facilities set up to, you know, make nuclear material and make, you know, generate nuclear power, but they didn't have an understanding of how nuclear material worked um 
you've heard of uh, Mary Curie, right? Yeah. It, she tragically died. From the, all the exposure to the radiation yeah. that she was studying. Because they didn't know that you couldn't touch the substance. Yeah. and it Which would... is, on it, strangely enough, reminds me of a couple stories I read. There was two. One involved that atomic age that they went through. Mm-hmm. Like a uh, toy They meaning Russia? No, um, the world. Went okay. through like yeah, an atomic age. <laughs> they meaning us. <laughs> yeah, the U.S., I remember it was a toy manufacturer. It might have even been Milton Bradley, but they sold uranium like chemical kits that huh. were shortly discontinued because people were getting sick. There was uh, bits of glass from the United States nuclear test sites that people would take because the uh, the heat was so this hot, right here. it just turned the uh, the sand into glass. 1950s uranium toy kit. This is what this was it. <laughs> That is fucking far out. And I also read when I... Because I found this story some time ago, but there was another story attached to it where it was a young boy created a nuclear reactor in his shed. And the FBI was just like, there's fucking... We're detecting large amounts right. of radiation out here. And they go check it out. It's just like, this kid has a goddamn nuclear reactor That's in kind his of shed. the scary thing is if you have the materials, it's not really that hard to do um so we're like three stories removed (laughs) into this one let's dig through them we need the content (laughs) (laughs) uh back to the u.s one there was this uh substance that they had a name for that was basically glass from the the blasts in the nuclear test sites it's still out there to this day but it's very much so illegal to take anything from any kind of tourism that goes to these. They, they've they determined the amount of time it's safe for you to be a tourist, be exposed to these sites, because it's still very radioactive. It's like Chernobyl stuff. Yep. Well, it's a lot better there now because of how much time has passed. But uh, Not only that, the, uh, the construction efforts that's gone into yeah, that. That's another sure. layer of the story that we'll go into. So let's finish this one layer. <laughs> the onion just way. keeps growing. Right. Um, nuclear energy is just something that interests me very much so uh, half-lives and all that uh just the potential for energy and the disaster that comes with it so there's basically this glass substance that they took from radioactive test sites back in the 40s and the 50s, 50s yeah. the and atomic age they were literally selling it on pieces of jewelry Wear this. <laughs> this is shut up. Wow, your husband. He'll be puking. <laughs> There's a name for it, but... Uh, He'll be queasy with excitement. There was a... It, it's like a glass that's green in hue, and it's it, it's radioactive enough that it will make you sick yep. over time. Um. So back to the original Russian story, there is a network of rivers and lakes... And they had nuclear facilities that were just dumping nuclear waste into these the water. river systems. They didn't understand that uh, this is something that lingers. It doesn't just get diluted. 
Uh, and just because they didn't necessarily understand the flow of the rivers and where Seeping everything into was... the ground and yada, 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 you're looking at a There lot was of... one lake in particular that became so toxic that to this day, I think, you can't stand at the shore for more than an hour. It's more radioactive than Chernobyl. Um, and uh, by to this day, that's kind of not true because basically they moved in in, I think it was 1957. If you can find the name of this. They moved into this area and basically told everybody you have to evacuate uh, because there was a network of underground nuclear waste disposal things. It, it, it took like natural water flow and brought it over these. And one of them basically dried up and then one of them exploded and released a bunch of nuclear material into the air. Um, and this wasn't even like the um, kind of response time that they had at Chernobyl because by the time Chernobyl happened, they really understood the severity of what was happening. When you have a plume of nuclear material released into an area and what exposure does to people. This was something, it happened, and then maybe a week later, people started getting sick, livestock started dying. They told people it was because of some sort of... Half a million people were yeah, irradiated by this 500,000 people were... It, it is insane how many people were exposed to it and continued to be exposed to it because in the immediate area, they evacuated the people. But there was a larger area that was affected that they didn't understand, and people continued to live there for a very long time. <clears throat> now, between 1978 and 1986, um, and following a drought in the region, it's slowly been being filled by... Hollow yeah, yeah. concrete blocks. At That's this what point, I was going to say. It's at, at this, this point, point, it is filled with concrete, but it is a near, it is a flat concrete surface yeah. and a dry nuclear storage. They facility. basically let the. Um, they hoped that it would just go away over time, and at the end of it, they realized that once the lake dried out, all this nuclear sediment would just be left there. And all they needed was a dust storm or a windstorm, which actually happened. Yep. Another a storm came through there and kicked up all this dust and irradiated the area again. So they just decided to fill the area in with concrete, which, honestly, that's what happened... And led to the um, response of Chernobyl, which is why Chernobyl wasn't such... It was a disaster, but it wasn't as big as, of a disaster as it could have been. Because they had already gone through this. They kind of knew the metrics of it. Um, and that's what led to the most recent e effort at Chernobyl. 
they uh i think they called it the sar- sarcophagus uh for the chernobyl yeah yeah i believe that's correct they put a structure over the chernobyl reactor just to contain it but that started to decay just through the sands of time that thing started to fall apart and they realized that this this shit is even worse than this disaster and if we don't do something to contain the collapsing of this building that's going to kick up so much nuclear sediment that it's going to basically create a plume like the original disaster had so they created this huge dome yeah it is insane trying to get a picture over here and they didn't just build the dome over the site they built it far enough away and i'm not talking about like i don't see thousands of miles i don't see it being called sarcophagus but it seems like an apt uh I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. This is kind of what the facility looks like. This is the new... This just within the last decade, I believe, went into place. Um, I had seen it on a a Exploring Chernobyl documentary that they had recently, because you can go here and visit. Right. It's eerie and maybe a glimpse into what the nuclear age could have brought or what our future will bring when humans... It's just a showing of what happens when humans aren't around, what happens. Mm -hmm. And but honestly, this had been completed by the time they had showed it. It's uh, it's not as bad as you would think. Like wildlife has reclaimed the area, and Almost there's completely. there's certain uh, breeds of animals that are like thriving there yep. that don't anywhere else. They've actually else. brought in, uh, I believe, some horses into the area too that were endangered. In, in bring the that area. bring that picture back up. Um, I want to say it was some sort of Mongolian breed. It was on this a documentary I watched, which unfortunately I don't re- recall the name of, but they reintroduced some horses and they're having wildlife that is usually endangered return to the area. So, it's so like a little, uh, what's that called? Concern. Reserve? Yeah. Basically what happened with the construction of this building this Superdome, you know? Uh, it's the Minnesota Superdome. Yeah. What they did is they constructed this building in two halves and then slid them over slid the top. them together. They constructed them far enough away, like maybe, you know, like several thousand meters because in when you're talking about that degree of nuclear camp- contamination, that minute degree of distance matters for exposure so they had the workers build these things separately and then slide Slide them them together together. so when the building that was initially constructed to seal this thing up collapses i wonder how many fit up (laughs) i can't imagine them having a seamless build i imagine there had been some fit up there is a wicked documentary about them constructing it and putting the thing together and there's also this arm in inside of it that is designed to help them manipulate the structure underneath like and big help clean crane. it up. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Wow, we went from comedy to nuclear disaster, my fucking favorite. I, I actually really am just fascinated by the Chernobyl incident. That shit is just so fascinating to me. Like, some people's gig is... Uh, you know, serial killers and murder porn. Chernobyl for you. <laughs> yeah, Chernobyl. Uh, when I found out about that incident, I was like, wow, that is just 
so fascinating how like deadly that is and uh just human ingenuity having to deal with this well what did we what did we have in the u.s the long beach island disaster three mile island yeah thank you yeah that stems straight from my interest of us that's why i dug into that uh let's take a break being we went so far off the rails into Chernobyl. I remembered my suggestion box. So. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that one before you, before we shove off in, this into music. This is more music. of a description of a sketch because I was envisioning on my way back from that burger place eating my onion rings, a guy basically aggressively drives and then gets stuck at the light next to you. You pull up. Mm-hmm. Both have your windows down into a small verbal disagreement guns it and both get stuck in the next light together hmm. look at each other some animosity this motherfucker yeah, you go again get stuck in the ne- next light i had food with me at the time i was like you know it'd be funny though if i just offered this guy just like you want some french fries you want some food <laughs> and then he takes it and or i'm feeding him from my car into his and you know what he'd just be like Fuck you, <laughs> motherfucker. Hmm, this is actually pretty good. Uh, there was actually a video of a man breaking up an altercation and then giving each party a slice a of pizza. A or something? It was a slice of pizza. Uh, he happened to be coming out of it. It was in front of a peach joint. And then it was pineapple and they both turned on him. I love pineapple pizza. What the fuck is the deal with everybody hating on pineapple pizza? I don't know. I like it. Especially if you get the... There's a place called the Roman Candle in Fox Point and they make a Maui Waui pineapple pizza. It's got like a spicy sauce over the top. I've honestly never really had a pizza that I really hated except for that uh, pizza that we ordered, which one day... The gross pizza? We had... Pizza coupons from a local joint, which you could get six toppings on two pizzas. We made the grossest pizza so we possible. made a meat pizza of six toppings of meat, and then just a pizza every with gross every thing. gross, like sauerkraut, baby olives, shrimp. anchovies. Baby shrimp was on there, too. <laughs> so it wasn't that bad. At it first, spoiled the next day. Yeah, but the next. Well, I don't know if I trust you about like the spoiled thing. Because no, it was you gagged when you tried to eat it. Yeah, I'm thinking it was just like all the fumes of just the nasty stuff really like permeating. You know, kind of fermented inside the container. The thing is with you, Stefan. I will, I will have a doggy bag from the place I just ate. And I'll set it on the counter. I'll set it on top of your fridge so the dog doesn't fucking eat it. And then you'll just be like, yeah, you should put that in the fucking fridge so it doesn't spoil. And I'm just like, dude, it'll be fine. I didn't do I that just to you want last to eat time. It. And then I, I ended up eating it. And I ended yeah, I didn't up even like, do surviving. That to you last time. I just thought you, I was like, oh, you already ate yours. And you're like, no, it's on top of the fridge. And then you offered me yours because you had been, you're full of tots. It was hot out. Yeah, uh, I didn't want fucking, my tots. Uh, we're just panting watching Quartermain on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible movie. But no, it had spoiled. The anchovy had seeped into the bread. It was unedible. Now, I'd, I'd want to order it again and just see what happens. Because I, I actually it. have a Petri dish for a fridge. That's kind of where that stems from, is that putting things in my fridge, 
you're more likely to gain the infection than you are to just I can't leave it out with the, the the smell coming out of there <laughs> all right <laughs> let's take a little break and we'll brb with some music reviews Do you like music? We like music, too. Do you punk? <laughs> Do you like waffles? Do you like music, punk? So, welcome to the weekly Radio Loud Music Review, where we have drastically different tastes in music, even when it comes to metal. Yep. Which is kind of crazy. You know, people usually blanket that shit together. But different, different. when I think of metal, and when you think of metal... It's different. You think of how to torture people. <laughs> and I think of, think of aliens. <laughs> I think of um, stuff that's so dense that it... Uh, Sardines. It's not really all that uh, easy to comprehend, almost. Um, so this week, I didn't pick any metal, actually. You picked techno artist Pogo. I wouldn't even consider him He's, electro- he's an electronic musician. And he uses sound samples <clears throat> now, um, movies and video games or whatever else. Well, for the well, all the stuff I saw was movie bits. So he'll basically pick a movie or a TV show because I know I'm from the Star Trek one. Interesting um, way to perceive it, which isn't wrong. What I view him as, what makes him strike a note in my heart, and that's one of the things. Like I'm not super into Pogo. Like, I don't listen to Pogo in my car. And what I've been trying to do with these music reviews is to do something with a bit of a fresh perspective going into it. Because uh, we were kind of really in the habit of drawing from the well of things we're familiar with. And that's not fucking interesting, you know? (laughs) Um, So, uh, generally, I've been... uh, almost leaving my music reviews to like the last minute. But recently me and Stefan just to drive conversation have been pitching our music picks at the beginning of like uh, when we stop filming this episode over the next few days we pitch each other ideas and then we both kind of digest each other's picks throughout the next week so we have more conversation. This just happened to fall into my lap because Pogo published a new song, which I felt was drastically different from a lot of Is that his the one you sent other me? material. What was that? That wasn't the one you sent me, was it? Uh, I sent you Red Rum, I think. Yep. Uh, that was something he published within this last week, which was based on Stanley Kubrick's classic, The Shining. The Shining. Um, Hence Red Rum. I mean, if you haven't seen the movie at this point, you're not going to. (laughs) So what Pogo does is he doesn't just take movies or media. He takes um, nostalgia and creates these bits of music that it's sample-based music. But it's all from, what I was meant to say was it's all from one piece. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the yeah the shining thing the shining piece was one condensed clips piece. only from the shining he doesn't bring in outside things but um, he takes samples from just one bit of media yeah. and 
puts them into a song. But the thing that I feel like transcends um, the piece of media he picks is that he's really adding something to it. He's creating a new piece of music that you can really get into. Uh, but it's also injecting that nostalgia into it. And it's not just nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. It's almost like a reimagining of like some of the elements that went into the original thing. Uh, what he's been really popular for is um, some of the Disney stuff because Disney is just, just wildly super. successful. I don't know where that came from. I don't know how they got so wildly successful. <laughs> Nazi gold. <laughs> uh, Disneyland. It's the uh, the theme park that they built that we would all be doing every Sunday night if the Nazis won the war. Yep. Uh, that's where Disney got his success. <laughs> Let me just say I'm not a Disney fan. Uh, there's a lot Blaskowitz, of... Blaskowitz, we need you. <laughs> They've invaded. There's a lot of good things that came from Disney as part of, like, pop culture, but just, like, the base Disney stuff, the musical shit, I'm just not into that. Um, but a lot of people are. Yep. Like, a lot of people love it. So that's where you kind of got his not the first stuff that he did but the first stuff he got really popular well for. Uh, yeah and he probably made it with that intention of people like disney now i don't know about that because um disney's musically inclined he might have had that strategy behind him but uh one of the videos that i really like about pogo from the last year is that he has a 10 minute video just outlining his process nothing to do with his traditional music. He just talks about um, his process and advice if you are just looking to get into music. Because, to be honest, he's been extremely successful, and he's been afforded the opportunity to branch out and try new projects. And he talks about that and talks about how you might not want to do that. He starts out in this video by talking about uh, if you want to make music, you should take a look at if it's your passion or if you have a business plan for it. Because he had a passion for it, and he just kind of got popular for it. And then when he started to go into the business side of it he kind of realized he was it, unprepared not unprepared like it or just he, it was a different he got side. popular and got money kind of thrown at him just through doing what he likes he's one of the rare artists that get to do that uh there's a lot of artists who get to do that but it's rare that that happens uh he talks about how if you make something, let, let's say this podcast, for instance. Um, one of the things that I really don't like about it is having to seek external gratification. And that's how he puts it. It's not that you're essentially after external 
gratification oh, for it. Just whore yourself out there. But you absolutely drop those pants and just whore yourself out <laughs> on the corner. If you want to make some money or bring your exposure past just you what you got to get out in the intersection yeah. with the sign that says you have to get out there. <laughs> You have to fucking get down on your knees and start pleasing Jesus, okay? You got to get out on the corner with that cardboard sign and say, follow me on... uh, Highway 9. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll pleasure your ears for trip to Highway 9. One of the things that uh, made him realize this was that he, he obviously was successful in his own right. So why would he have to do this? He started a Kickstarter campaign to go to a different country and film some, you know, film stuff. I don't know the details about it, but I know he basically took a bunch of other people's money and he put it as, uh, once I did this, I could hear the people tapping on their watches, expecting me to get something done and putting their own views of what the project that they paid for should be. And I really thought that was a great way of putting, when you pay somebody to do something, you expect something. Or they expect you to deliver something, yeah. Uh, So Because that's how... That's how business works. That's how the market's supposed to work. I pay you for goods and services. So uh, Like being a whore. Right. Pogo? (laughs) (laughs) Do what I'm paying you for well, that was a masses. So he uh, like did this like video about his writing process before he even got to the nitty gritty of like, how do you write songs like me? What is my process like? The first thing he talked about was do start out doing things for yourself, things that you love to do, and create from the heart, kind of like a little Disney movie story. And I really appreciate that because I feel like where he started creating his music from came from a genuine desire. Yeah. Uh, And that's what I feel like Pogo sells in a lot of his, not music, but uh, the videos that go along with the music. Pogo has albums, but if you sit down and listen to a Pogo album. Dude, he has like. Eight, really? I, he has a bunch of albums. Okay, he does. Okay, I he's feel got, like he's got seven albums and a ton okay, of EPs. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I before when I picked my pick as Pogo, I was like, he doesn't so much have an album as he has a body of work, and I tend to feel like a Pogo album does not feel like a Pogo. Uh, music video and song and video that goes along with it i mean he did this the captain john luke right yeah uh that was my first exposure right because i sent a, it to you and i was like thing. this thing makes me feel so good uh and it goes back to what he is creating he is making did you send it to me i thought i was watching that in high school that's old no that's not that old that's like a year old really i thought me and no Aaron no knew. captain jean luke picard of the USS Enterprise, that's not Pogo. Oh, the other, I don't remember the other one. No, uh, uh, you're thinking of Data and Picard. You know, uh, the 
Come cheer up, my lads. Come cheer up, my lads. Oh, no. He, I was thinking that was a completely different song. But that's what he does. That's yeah. what he... He takes bits of nostalgia from uh, things that people have watched and is beloved, and then he creates this piece of media that just brings it all swelling back to you in this just flood of... Um, emotion and reinterpretation it just makes you feel good um like the warm fuzzy feeling that pogo gives you i didn't before because he was doing exclusively disney things so the first thing that really turned me on to this guy as like i'm gonna subscribe to this guy i'm gonna watch what this guy cranks out was a song called data and picard where he takes two songs that each character sings in the actual episodes. He even prefaces um, the episode. This is like one of the uh, few Pogo videos where he actually puts himself in front of a green screen and dresses up as the characters. Like he is in a Star Trek uniform. He paints himself like Data. He doesn't shave himself bald like Jean-Luc because that would just be, uh, you know, (laughs) asinine. But... uh, he starts it out as like, you know, back in my days at the academy, before every toast, we'd sing a song. And then they <laughs> And then they sing it. the song. Uh, and that just brought me back to days where, uh, you know, you and myself yeah, were sitting on the couch. Watching Next Gen. Watching Next Nailing Gen. the percussion on the intro there. And um, <laughs> his latest the song that came out this week. Uh, yeah. Now, the thing is, look at these shots. This is how the music video looks. He looks like he's lit, like the background. That's just in front of a green screen. That's in his good, place. He looks like lighting. he's right in it. Because they have very uh, strong overhead lighting. Uh, so, what prompted me to pick him was he came out this week with uh, Red Rum. I just got a push notification on my phone. It's like, oh, Pogo came out with a new song. This was something much darker than I'd ever seen because it was based on The Shining. Shining. And it was very clever the way he, um, you know, I'm a slut for Aphex Twin and breakbeats, stuff like that. He basically made like this more rapid breakbeat dark song. With the rapid tap taps and the axe and the... Yeah, he he had um, uh, Jack Nicholson... With the camera underneath him tapping on the door. Yep. Just like that's where he took his like little percussive, like him pounding on it for the bass and then just tapping his fingers for all the other drums. I thought it was very, very cleverly done. Much, um, much more evil than his body of Disney work. You know, just imagine me. Yeah, because how dark I get you. How dark can you make Disney? Right. Yeah. So. That's what I have to say about Pogo. Um, I enjoyed it. I totally thought that he did. What did you check out to, you know, kind of do your research? Because I just left it open-ended. I was just like, Pogo! (laughs) I kind of just had it playing in the background when I was doing some stuff. Now, I I have to admit, like, a lot of his stuff is kind of similar. Like, the way he chops up his samples is similar. But he does his similar like sample chopping 
but writes different tonalities of song. Let's see. I kind of just had it on. Don't stop. Yeah, can't do that. Yep. Nope. Nope. I had it just on. Oh, you just put like a. I just I played the red rum when you sent me, and then yep. it just kind of went. So. I definitely heard happy. And then so, I must have been stuck on Ascend. I must have just been listening to the Ascend album. So if there is, uh, uh, if there's any songs I could tell the listeners to check out, it's um, Data and Picard, Red Rum, and no, uh, from the Odd Couple. <laughs> Can you spell uh, that, please? Uh, go back to the Pogo's page. There, uh, it's. I've heard, I've heard the groove. F-M-A-A. F-M-A-A. Yeah, that's one that uh, older folks could get into. Like, I I think if I showed my dad F-M-A, I wouldn't need to explain anything to him. I've heard he would just know exactly what it is. It's Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau as the original odd couple. I've seen Trumpular previously. I guess I was stuck on his album Ascend for most of this all right stefan that clocks in at a whopping hour let's 40 minutes. let's talk about your pick this week so my pick was i want to make sure i get to i think they're from ukraine yeah i didn't really get much from their history because most of it was in foreign language <laughs> yeah uh they're from poland it looks like oh, i was close i was guessing russia but uh, no. so what is it stefan uh Matishuka is a atmospheric black metal band that takes almost all of their influence and sample from eastern orthodox or russian orthodox choirs and church now yeah i definitely loved that about it is that they have these overarching ambiences going it's very it's very in the same way that a uh, a choir or chanting works it's very more trance or it more drives you into a trance or like a, a daze like state and then you go through it but i really want to talk more about how this band kind of came out of nowhere when they first started. So remember, you've heard of the band Ghost. They have that little black mask, like... Yeah, and... Light uh, rocker type feeling going. I didn't think that was going to come up this quickly, but when I looked to images of the band, yeah, it's just masks. This band? Candles, theatrics. I have some pictures of the the band here. So they're kind of presented as cultish a cultist black black mass style type deal which arguably is not necessarily out of the realm of most black metal type things but the thing Mm -hmm. with this band was is when they first released the release came out of nowhere it was just pre-order this it's coming out they quickly got signed to metal blade but they they, they had to have a deal already going if they already had that kind of closed right it said it would ship in a large wooden crate with a vinyl, a vinyl, 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 an album, T-shirt, all this other stuff. A couple people got the pre-orders. 
they never got their pre-orders. They were getting boxes with garbage in them, supposedly. Hmm. This is what I read online. Now, I bought a t-shirt some time ago. I got my stuff quite fine and also shipped from Poland. I didn't have any issues with it. So I didn't have any issues with that. But then people were saying that the samples were taken from a a Russian Orthodox just stock album that you could purchase off Amazon. There was a lot of drama going on that this was simply an endeavor by these musicians who, when it came out who they were, their previous metal bands being drastic, not being good, not being able to go anywhere, but just showing that we can easily do a commercial endeavor that will draw a viewer base, which wasn't untrue. They're successfully touring with actually a couple bands right now on the East Coast, and they got a sign. They got signed by Metal Blade, and their music isn't overly complicated in any way whatsoever. But the thing is, being their masked individuals coming out of nowhere with the kind of media machine behind them to get people to pre-order and buy, they had to have been somebody that had done something already to prove to whoever was behind this to make the investment that they could pull this off. And this initial part of the mystery had to be part of a an investment for them to build this kind of repertoire behind them. But it had to have been somebody that knew what they were doing. Now, they have... The main members of the band have since been identified. Um, the vocalist, I, I can't do their names right now. They're under pseudonym on. They're, they're under pseudonym on uh, Metallum, but Bart Durf and Jotso. <laughs> <laughs> like like fucking Goog from Mudvayne. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Grant, uh, just as a reminder, this album came out in like 2015. But Bart, the singer, was in a band from 1994 to 2008 called Herm. Overall, you're going to find terrible reviews on it. It was a terrible band, according to most review sources. I've tried to listen to it. It was not for me. Uh, Their guitar and bassist, the guy that plays the eight-string BC Rich for some reason, I don't know how... I don't know your thoughts on that. I don't think he needs that much. I didn't delve that far. I didn't feel like diving that far into this band was that necessary. Necessary, yeah. yeah. I don't know if he even really necessarily needs that, but he only had one band before that named Heresis. They dropped one album. And then, now, was that the the V-style BC Rich, or was that like uh, the BC I, Rich, BC this one. Rich? He's got this this big boy. Okay, yeah, I thought that's what it was got this massive you know sometimes you should just leave it on the google image yeah you got that right but uh then they have their drummer who's been in two bands in extremis and altercated i don't know much of those bands so i mean yeah you're right they had some they have some previous musical experience but it was a drop man it came out of almost nowhere to my recollection of the the history of it and Overall, I think it's pretty wildly enjoyed, or not wildly, but overall, I think it's enjoyed. My question is more what the next, how the next release is going to go. Because although when it's was not, this released again? Two thousand fifteen. Hmm. 
So it's fairly new. Yeah. But then uh, almost immediately after it dropped, they got the signature to Metal Blade. So there's got to be another album coming out here at some point. But my main question is how that's going to go. That I was thinking about this. This is such a novelty. I was thinking about this earlier about um, people who write music and then people who do like a medium like this. Because I've done both now. Uh, it's so much harder to write music and the amount of... Um, it's classically been talked about is how there's no money left in music anymore, you know? And looking at the body of content and how long it is, you know? We're, we're doing... Um, not that we're making any money on this, but... Uh, there are a lot of people who are who are doing, you know, an hour at the minimum to three hours multiple times a week in this kind of format. Whereas in a album, you have to put so much thought into writing a piece of music for a half hour even. Now... With this band touring, I'm sure they don't use this full ensemble for the recording, but there's 11 people on tour for this, with the choir, the drums, the singer. Is it really guitarist. bringing in the numbers for that? Jesus. I don't know, but it reminds me of when this first started out, people were like, I didn't get anything in my pre-order box, yada, yada, yada. Now, I don't know if those are necessarily authenticated things that happen. But it kind of, when I heard about this, the size of the band, I was like, is this like a Polka th- King type well, scam where it's just like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, guys, I mean, we're going to do country? it big. And they're just, it's almost a scam off the top. The thing is, um, probably I would, not. I would think not because, especially with their own metal blade now. The choir, you originally said it was from an album that you could buy. For you know, samples. rumor, rumor had. Rumor. I I can't confirm any of that stuff. Rumor I've only seen it around. It. Yeah, rumor <laughs> has it. Uh, I would think that those people would be hired and fired as needed because you're not going to be paying that many people throughout the entire body of the work. As a as business is business, I would think those extra slots would be filled and unfilled as quickly as possible trying to see how many people are there i think it's i think it's actually eight people touring that's still a a sizable amount of people yeah to be dragging around like periphery was doing six that's a that's a ton that's a lot of people but uh, with rumors and all this other stuff and obviously the drive Seemingly, and I accept towards a commercial and theatrical more style performance. I accept that. What did you actually think of the album? Of the album? Well, I said, unfortunately, I didn't, didn't make get it all, all the way through. The way through but I liked the chance. Like, out of all the stuff that I liked, I liked the, um, the way it was put together. But I liked the chance the most of all. And from what you had made it sound like, they didn't even write that. <laughs> I, I thought it was cool as part of the I, sound aesthetic. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I have a feeling it's not. 
because the the rumors that were substantiated around it were just like, well, I had my my Z, my Zapster. What's what's the thing that detects songs? I have one on my phone, but there's a an app program. Oh, um, Shazam. Yeah, it's like I had my Shazam open and it linked me to this. But other people have tried to replicate that, and that from what I read online, and that's not 100 percent true. Hmm. But I thought I'd bring stoke some fire under. Yeah, under the table just it's, to make things interesting. It seems like there's a lot of things that are surrounding this band's narrative that maybe were intentionally put there to create disillusion, which in this era it's not that uncommon. Like in uh the more exciting uh narratives of horror, there it's no longer done in books. It's kind of done online. And it's kind of done in a way where it's pitched to people, is this real or is this not? Until they realize, oh, this is actually uh, somebody who is creating a fictional narrative, but through the guise of it being real. Yeah. Now, like I said, I didn't delve too deeply. I did order some t-shirts and they came fine. I ordered the t-shirts a while ago. Now, you guys have... I mean, you, or maybe Sean, R.A.P., has uh, shit on me for pre-ordering games. I would never in a million years Pre-order an album or yeah, something? I didn't do that. Album, no. I did not do that, though. I didn't pre-order an album. I just bought a t-shirt. Even as, like, a, a, a musician, I wouldn't... I don't think I'd ever put an album up for pre-order. I'd, uh... I mean, I don't see why I wouldn't do it, but I, I, I'm saying I don't see why I wouldn't put an album up for pre-order, but I don't think I'd pre-order an album. I'd always, you know, when, when I mean, we I mean, had music stores, <laughs> RIP, music stores and <laughs> right. Best Buy, I'd go in there, I'd hit the buttons, see what's on the album, yeah, but and that, then I'd make my selection. That thing had, like, that album's already been sold. That album that you were pre viewing in an album store had already been pretty much selected because that's how you got music by the music gods that be that <laughs> this was the one that we were going to put in the music here. box i understand this no that. longer exists now you go to youtube you get the rip copy you give it a couple jams and then if you're gonna buy it you pick it up although in this day and age not a lot of people are even doing that mm-hmm. so now, I personally kind of think we're better off because we are systematically killing off the industry that the is... Glo- the gods that... The old gods that be yeah, that the, you were speaking of. The yes. old gods, the old um, Cthulhu's, <laughs> basically the leeches. Putting fucking their brain parasites on people and telling you what to think, yeah. Uh, that was one of the things whenever... Manipulating um, the charts. My dad uh, brings up this documentary called The Wrecking Crew. Uh, he used to. He doesn't anymore. But uh, I remember he used to bring it up, and he used to talk about how he would watch it all the time. And I never watched it because I was just kind of disgusted by the principle the practices. Of it. It, it the, was the lack of ethics and morality. It was basically about a group of musicians who were just studio musicians that were making all of the studio recordings of the time. Some execs, 
knew a formula for music, and they would attach... It's, it's like Milli Vanilli, except in the 60s. They would have this group of musicians record the music, and then they would attach the name to whatever they were trying to sell. And that, to me, was just so perverted. Uh, it It's taking art and just sucking the marrow out of it. And uh, through being a musician... I, hearing that as part of the history of, um, you know, modern recording and how things have transpired, it just, it just makes me so Deflated sick. and nauseous and physically ill. It, but it, it's like I knew that that was part of it because there's been very similar stories about that um, with part of, you know, Sumerian. With yeah, part of all kinds yeah. of stuff. It was even on Unsolved Mysteries, man. There was a murder <laughs> about it. I could launch into that, but I just I want to wrap up with this Litigoria, I think is how you say the album. Basically, you're going to get these Russian Orthodox cha- Orthodox chants. You're going to get a trancy, droney guitar part that'll build up into a swell, and then you get a really simplistic rhythmic break, and then it'll go back and do it again. You get that over the course of the album. And then at the end, Yoko Ono goes, <laughs> Thank you. You've been good. But don't you want to talk about the Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> thing? It's a murder case. Oh, uh, yeah. So what happened? Okay, you want to do this? Uh, we're going to translate into this? Because I we totally missed out on talking about uh, Elon Musk. But uh, let's talk about this. Well, we, could do, we could do that. Okay, so this Unsolved Mysteries case was this man is found gunned down in the street. Now, this was an actual episode of uh, Unsolved. This is an actual episode. This okay. is the good ones with Robert Sack. And some now, of the originals. Um, I just wanted to say uh, Unsolved Mysteries, the subreddit, they want no part of recounting or like personal conversation of this. Oh, no. Uh, and it's kind of unfortunate because that's like a dead subreddit. <laughs> yeah, they just repost the the old cases every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, it shows over. Like, yeah. what do you people want? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this the the case is a man is found gunned down in the street. His friend then calls in, says that they were attacked the night before by a uh, a gunman. He recounts a small story of they were hanging out, they were walking to his car, and this guy comes up, yelled something at them. I don't recall what it was at the time, and then starts shooting. And he was lucky. His he the one man died, and the guy that got away was lucky to have survived. He was he was pretty badly shot and wounded. I think he got shot twice. And it comes to the light that the man that was shot and killed was working for a like top one hundred country. Uh ranking system you know like how they have a top 40 of pop that's like what's going to be on kiss fm he was working for a country one and there were some rumors and in the weeks leading up to his death he was talking to his family he's like i gotta make some decisions i got like a hard choice coming up in my life uh and there were rumors that he was fixing the the top 100 ranking system 
No, they couldn't find evidence of this. The case kind of fizzled. I think 30 years later, it, com- it turns out that he was gunned down because he would refuse to fix the rankings for the country ranking system. He was doing what he the felt. The honorable thing. He was doing the honorable thing. And one of the record dealers didn't like that. He wanted the few... Because he, he, was ta- he was basically taking money from artists, like exorbitant amounts, to get them up to the top. And then he was trying to force his hand on this guy writing the ranking system and he fucking killed him for it it was so slimy turns out the guy thought he was like a mafia don he like fixed one of his henchmen on him it was just this gross story of abuse of power pushing the ethics and trying to force money and music all into one bastardized abomination of trying to tell people what they need to be listening to now um I wouldn't say that with, uh, unfortunately, with, um, you know, Mac Miller dying today. I wouldn't say that his music was so prolific that somebody would kill him to gain the rights. Uh, Am I wrong? I I don't know, because I'm not that into Mac Miller. What are you trying to say? You got tupac Yeah, something like Tupac, something like the Jimi Hendrix story, something like... um, uh, Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, where, you know, they're the 27 club, ooh, uh, uh, but more so like killing somebody before they have the wherewithal in them to destroy their career. So whoever owned the rights to them could just sell, sell them it off. into legendary status, you know? For the rest of their days, and they'll never have. Well, now they now they just turn you into a fucking hologram. That's well, just fucked up. But that's the thing; they wouldn't need to turn these people into hologram because the door is still beloved to this fucking day. I think you, you kids out there, uh, you know, young young bucks that aren't listening to us, uh, listening to the doors. <laughs> <laughs> I. The future will be holograms of all your favorite favorite artists performing to you live in your living room with your pants off. <laughs> Got out. It's the future. So, what was this Elon Musk thing you want to talk about? Uh, actually, let's there. let's end the regular show and let's end the stream and then let's do a little addendum. So, if you want to hear this, it'll come out in a video a little bit afterwards because this has to be talked about. It's just some juicy material. But uh, let's take a little break or just the end. If you're streaming this, uh, catch it on the YouTube later. Goodbye. (laughs) This is the end. My beautiful friend. The end. Actually, we should just like, Mother, I want to fuck you. Fuck (laughs) you. Ah!